What's going on, everybody? Welcome in. Welcome back. Another week, another All-Canadian. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill here. Uh, we got lots to go through today. Great episode coming up. Obviously, you've seen the episode title. We have Western Mustangs Defensive Lineman, Lineman of the Year. OUA Lineman of the Year, Deontay. No, no. No, no. U Sports Lineman, U-Sports of, the Lineman of the Year. Deontay and OUA Lineman of the Year. Joining the show. He's going to be coming on later. But first, we got to talk about draft season, man. It's draft season. It is here. Oh, yeah. The uh, Winter Scouting Bureau came out, including number seven, who will be joining us in a couple minutes. But uh, lots of movement. Uh, so we took our time to process it. In all honesty, it dropped like the day after our episode came out. We were like, it always happens. It always happens to us. But uh, we uh, we got lots of guys on here that are going Man. to be – a lot of guys Big going time. up and down on this list. A lot of guys going up and down on this list. Um, initial thoughts. Initial thoughts on this list. I like it. And that's probably because it lines up very similarly with our own list. It feels like this might just be uh, our own list. A lot of guys that you hear us pump daily uh, have, have found their way into the Scouting Bureau top 20. Strange? Coincidence? I don't know. They probably have their own great team over there. Um, but there are a lot of guys on this list that we really like. Yeah, there is. And uh, obviously, Jesse Lucetta is going to – he's the see and ever prospect. He's the guy that you're going to draft with just hopes that you can hold on to his rights. He's gone forever. Uh, no chance in hell he comes north of the border. <laughs> no. Unfortunately, unfortunately for us, I don't know, maybe late in his career, he wants to come back over, spend some time in Canada, play in front of his home fans. Uh, I doubt it. That dude is NFL bound for sure. I have to agree with you. Um, yeah, see a never prospect of the year. I believe it was a tie between Chuba Hubbard and Neville Gallimore for us last year. The, those were our see a never guys. Uh, Neville um, was two years ago. Neville was two years ago. Oh, Josh Palmer was one last year. It was Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer and was Hubbard. the C and ever Chuba Hubbard. And then Ben Sanders, uh, Javon Holland. Javon Holland was a C and ever. And then yeah. the year before that, we had Chase Claypool and Neville were a C and Evers. C but uh, so this year, this year, yeah, C and ever, bud. <laughs> Dude, it's been so good for Penn State, man. Just so good for Penn State. Um, so let's, uh, instead of talking about guys that we probably won't see, let's talk about some of these guys that we are likely to see. Um, absolutely love seeing the Philpot brothers, both of them in the top five. I tweeted something out and I said, uh, like, nice to see Jalen Philpot at number two, but, uh, I, I left out the other Philpot brother, Tyson Philpot. So my apologies, both of them in the top five. Uh, the guy I want to talk about is Zach Herzog, uh, down at 19 Hillsdale chargers. Uh, he's like, I think he's like five, 10 ish, five, nine. Like he's not the tallest guy. But he flies, Connor. I sent you his tape. I said, you've got to check this guy out. If he was like two inches taller, he'd be at the top of this list. He is so aggressive in the run game. He can play in the box. He is aggressive on blockers. Also has the range, speed, and ball skills to make plays in the pass coverage. I am so excited to see what this guy looks like in a Canadian field. I'm excited to, I mean, barring, I know we're, we're at another weird situation with the pandemic here, but barring anything uh, going south, I'm excited to see what he looks like at the combine. I'm excited to see him get some one-on-ones uh, against some of these U sports guys. I'm excited to see, you know, what type of stuff he's going to put up in terms of numbers and 
you know, 40s and all that. I know, I know, I know. We we always yell about how 40s don't matter and bench press and whatever. It's how you look on the field. But I mean, come on, for guys like us, this is still these numbers. We still look forward to seeing them. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I want to see. But how it, fast it's the still guy a marker. 40. It is. It is. It absolutely is. Um, yeah. And, and for a guy yeah. like that that's played in a D2 school in the States, he doesn't really compete against anyone else that we're going to see on this list. Like maybe he played Maine. Uh, as we have Shaq St. Lot, but Jordan he hasn't, Williams, competed, man. he hasn't competed against the guys like the Phil Potts or a Trey Ford. So it's going to be interesting to see how he stacks up numbers wise with those guys. And if he gets the chance to compete one-on-one directly against them. I'm super excited. Uh, a couple of other guys that I'm really excited for, we are going to go to arguably the most important position on the field. You got to keep that quarterback standing upright couple of great offensive linemen coming in here and these names are going to be familiar to you these are names that we have been talking about so again you got western mustang offensive lineman zach fry he is the top offensive lineman right now on the cfl scouting bureau list uh we have noah zur coming out of saskatchewan another guy that we absolutely love and then our guy the golden bear himself peter kazushka sliding in on this list as well um, I, I put a note in here, feel free to agree or disagree with this, but I, I firmly believe that these are three of the best U sports linemen in the class. Like no questions asked. These are the top three based on what we saw out of this past season. These are the top three U sports offensive linemen. Yeah, I think we can attest to that. I mean, there's going to be some other guys coming out like Spencer Andrews, uh, Was Beamer, I believe from Western. Yeah. Beamer as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're still trying to get some opt out sorted out here and get a confirmed list of who actually decided to defer but uh so that might be the case with him but uh in terms of these three guys that you've mentioned they're all big agile bodies that can play in multiple spots along the offensive line Uh, i think when we're looking at the offensive line that played this past year in the league we got pete nicastro who flipped multiple spots jonathan zamora was getting some playing time in calgary and toronto towards the end of the season Bryce Bell was sliding in at center for, for Toronto as well a little bit. That's the guy I was trying to think of. You covered for me. <laughs> yeah, Bryce <laughs> Bell was the guy that we also looked at moving positions. So when we're looking at these three big bodies and they can play guard or tackle inside or out, I'm really excited to see, see how they progress through this and show out. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if when they got to combines, if we're so lucky uh, to have COVID kind of settle down for a little bit. Now they got reps at both interior and exterior spots. Uh, some scouts will probably be calling for them to flip in for a little bit. So uh, that's going to be critical for these guys in their draft stock, showing the versatility at multiple spots because we know athletically they are capable. Yeah, more than capable. We saw them. Well, you saw Noah Zer and Zach Fry firsthand. I got to see Zach Fry firsthand a few times this season. We know what they're going to do. They're going to move the pile. They're going to drive that run game. Some team is going to be very, very fortunate to pick up any one of these three guys. Uh, you want to talk about some skill guys here? You want to you want to move over to the skill guys side of the side of the things here? Uh, I shouldn't say skill guy. I mean, like, I hate that we use that term because the offensive linemen are just ridiculous. But yes, they are, for whatever reason in football, skill guys. So let's talk about these skill guys. Uh, Jaden Dalkey's the one. We were so disappointed last year when he opted out. This year, uh, he is all in and he is flying up. He's moved up seven spots to talk, to be in the 12th spot. Uh, this guy's going to be a special teams menace. He's going to be what Grant McDonald was last year for the Edmonton Elks, where he just flies on specials and he's going to work his way up into a starting role. Uh, 
Really excited to see what Coach Morris and these Golden Bears are putting out in this draft. Obviously, back-to-back guys with Kazushka, Dalkey, uh, and then don't forget Josiah Shackle, just a couple spots behind them. So uh, really good looks for the Golden Bears program. Jaden Dalkey, man, another guy that uh, we have not been talking about very much. Not at all. Love to see him fly up the board like that. I know we were both pretty fired up to see him on the fall additional list. Even better to see him shoot seven spots here now on the, the winter list. I like the Grant McDonald comp though, man. Like that is, that's near perfect. I think he's going to come in and just be an absolute force on special teams. Uh, now you will notice in this draft that there's another McConzo on the board. Didn't go to the University of Montreal, went to Coastal Carolina. He is a Chanticleer uh, with that teal turf. Gotta love it. But that is Enoch McConzo. And I have to say, we are absolutely rocking with this dude. Playmaker. Ball hawk, hard body hitter. What more do you want this guy to do? I mean, wait, wait. Did you just say Maconzo and hard body hitter? Where have we seen that before? Wow. 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 What? Maybe at the pencil maybe. this guy in. You know what? Pencil this guy in as a Montreal Alouettes selection. Okay. I was going to say, him in right now. say. <laughs> the Alouettes, what do they, what do they pick this year? I actually haven't looked at the board. I don't know where they're picking, but the Alouettes with their first, I'm going to say with their first two picks, this guy's. Montreal bound. I feel pretty confident in that. Give me one second. They're oh, fourth. I don't know if they're going to. Are they going to take him that high? I think he's worth it. He's the he's they go ranked third on the CFL four and group. then thirteen. Where's the where's one of the areas that Montreal struggled with this year? Where's one of the areas that Montreal has historically struggled with over the last three four years? The back end of their <laughs> defense. What do they need right now? We saw them getting pressure. We saw them make a trade with the with the Edmonton Elks for a defensive lineman, what do they need right now? They need back-end guys. They need guys that can cover. What is Enoch Maconzo going to come in and do? Existence. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to. I'm trying really hard. I know he's not a U-sports you know guy, but, like, come on. This might be my Marc-Antoine Ducroix, Retta Cramdy style player of the year. He's technically a, the family's Montreal. He is. He is. Um, I know this is not top 20 related, but I'm going to throw this into existence. Ottawa's picking with the territorial selection at number 20. Uh, Zach Pelios, offensive lineman, Ooh, University of Ottawa. Right I there. It. I love Territorial it. from the great old town of Gananakew, Gananakway. Man, I uh, forgot that we got to throw the territorials back in this year. We didn't have them last yep. year. 19 and 20. Wow. Edmonton, Ottawa. And Ottawa's going to take Zach Pelios. Zach Pelios. I like Listen that. Listen to this. He was first team all OUA as a true freshman at left tackle. Missed a year, came back this year after having the two years off because we canceled, and he was an OUA all-star at right tackle. <laughs> I, this guy's a freak. <laughs> I love the territorial selection. Man, I blew my mind. I forgot about existence. that. Wow. That is such a good play, too, because then you get to, yeah, I mean, and you as protect we look the at, asset. He's a home guy. Wow. That's he incredible. Is a, member of the CFP top 100 that we're fishing through right now to try and find out the lot, the back half, but we just need our opt outs. We can't give you a rank on, but we can tell you he's in there because we don't even know. No, no, I'm going to give the rank. rank You're going to, do we have him ranked yet? Do yeah, we have the he's ranked at number 20. <laughs> okay. I guess we do have right a territorial selection for the Ottawa Red Flags. Perfect. Wow. Look at us planning ahead. Wow. There we're we going to go. need like eventually one day when we have like a set, we're going to need a crystal ball somewhere on this set. The amount of things that we have just like 
we oracled need, and you know like we need prophesized we need like about. A, I don't even know if that's a word. John Karnacki, is that the guy? Yeah, yeah. We yeah, need yeah, like yeah, the yeah. big board with him where he's circling like percentages <laughs> and stuff. We're gonna end up having that. I thought you were talking uh, about John Krasinski for a second. No, Kornacki. A no, uh, little bit more khaki action than John Krasinski probably you're, wears, but you're a little bit uh, more politically aware one last than guy. I, am, I guess. <laughs> no, I just watched Sunday Night Football. <laughs> it's because I'm always working. Uh, I'm watching hoops on Sunday nights. <laughs> but uh, another guy you're gonna like, Anthony Federico, Queens Gales, popping onto the list at 15th. Uh, there was what one, two, three, four, five, like six guys on this list that uh, are brand new. Obviously, the highest of them is Deontay Knight, who you guys will hear from in a couple minutes. But Federico, Josiah Shackle, Nate Cherry, Josh Archibald, Nate Edwards, Zach Herzog, filling in as the newcomers. I got, I got one. I, again, we're gonna go off the board here, um, but I texted you this and. Remember last year we found this guy out of Western just like watching tape, absolutely blew up one of the one of the scouting bureau top 20. A guy by the name of Miles Manilow, who ended up eventually contributing with the Hamilton Tiger Cats as the last pick in the draft. I think, I think, I think uh, we may have found that guy again. And I think that's going to come in the form of a guy by the name of Justice Momoka, linebacker out of the Alberta Golden Bears program. I think Alberta might be Calgary this year in terms of, you know, draft prospects. This dude is 6'2", 210. He had 31 tackles, two sacks this season, four forced fumbles, uh, interception to go with it. But I sent you his YouTube highlight tape. It is just a special teams reel. That's all it is, and I love it. Absolutely loved it. You want to go to the league? That's how you do it. Don't put up plays. Don't put up interceptions. Don't put up big hits. Just put up three straight minutes of you dominating on special teams. You love your special team. Well, I mean, we love our special teams anyways, to. but you uh, have to. It's so I, like, we can't stress it enough. It is so much more important uh, in, in terms of the Canadian draft. And I, I guess really in terms of breaking into the Canadian game at, you know, the U sports level or at, you know, the professional level, the ability to play special teams is so undervalued in kids that are coming up. Like it is just one of the most important things. If you're a good special teamer, that's how you're going to get on the field. So you, I don't know. And, and this kid coming out with a three and a half minute, you know, there was, there was obviously some plays in there, but for the majority of it, it was special teams plays. I don't know. I just loved it. It was gritty. I loved it. I don't know what else to say. So we've started on top 20 and we have since gone to like three different guys that we've loved. Uh, but you let's get us talking about draft and that's what happens. The uh, lone quarterback still is Trey Ford. The lone running back still is Adam Mackert. Uh, in terms of receivers, we've got two, the Philpott brothers. Other than that, trenches, front seven, and DBs. So we're looking at a very defensive heavy group. Uh, 12 of 20 on the defensive side of the ball. So we are ready to go with defensive players this year it's going to be a wild draft uh we're getting started even talked about man like like we didn't touch on nick we we haven't talked about matt lucician yet like there's so many more defensive players on this list that we just haven't even broached well i sent you the highlights subomi oyasoro the calgary yeah. linebacker he was down at that uh the cgs game uh last week week and a half ago absolutely blew apart a running back 
Uh, Love to see the get off. There's also guys like uh, Andy Genois and Nicholas Gay, who were all Canadians with the Laval Rouge or so. uh, And then there's a guy called Samuel Emilius, who uh, this guy spent some years at UMass. He transferred to LA Tech. Uh, Just wait. Just wait till we start talking about this guy more. Uh, But I think it is time now to bring in our guest today, Deontay Knight. Joining us now, Deontay Knight. Not only is he a Vanier Cup champion, he's a first-team All-Canadian JP Metris Trophy winner for the most outstanding lineman in the country. Number seven on the winter rankings for the CFL Scouting Bureau. 52 tackles, 13 TFLs, 10 sacks, two fumble recoveries, including one for a touchdown. Deontay took the time out of his day before he heads down to Vegas on the 27th for the East-West Shrine Bowl, the only Canadian selection to this year's game. Deontay, how are you doing, man? Hey guys, what's up? And, uh, I'm doing great, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, so and- as Wade mentioned off the top there, heck of a resume, great season. Uh, it was a weird season to say the least, but you guys capped it off with that Vanier Cup run. So starting this off with a pretty easy one, just some general questions and, and your, your feeling on this season and kind of what it took to get there and win that Vanier Cup. You know, we had a lot of, we, we put ourselves to our training in the off season. I mean, um, with the restrictions we had, we had closed fields, locked up fences and um, closed gyms. And so a lot of guys, had, most guys had to int- improvise and um I'm a firm believer. I've been pretty vocal with the guys about this, that uh, I think we won this Danny in the off season. It's, and that's not, that's not cocky to, to say, but like, I just feel like we just outworked everybody and um, it shows up on film and on, in the way that we pursue the football, the way that we hang on to our blocks and stay on blocks and, and tackle. And um, yeah, that's, that's, that's why we won, I think. And when you guys look at, you know, winning it in the off season. Now you're going into a new off season where you have a new challenge of reaching the fresh professional ranks, either NFL or CFL, wherever that may be. How are you kind of taking those lessons and applying them to your draft process now? Well, I got a great uh, support system. I got amazing coaches, Coach Marshall, Coach Gleason, Coach Kevin McNeil. Um, they're great men and uh, they're a great foundation to, uh, you know, my manhood and to me understanding um, how to be a leader, how to be a better, uh, how to be a better individual, a better man. And so I think a big part of uh, the professional, the professional process is um, becoming, becoming the best man possible, becoming the best teammate you could possibly be. And um, I think that's what's really, really important too, as much as it is testing and numbers and tape and interviews, I think overall just being a coachable player is, is the most important. And do you feel like that kind of culminated at the end of this year, like all of what you just said kind of came together as you won, you know, you, you won first team all Canadian honors and, you know, yeah, that's a lot about the player that you are on the field, but it also says a lot about, you know, your leadership role within the locker room and how your coaches view you and all of that. So do you, do you feel like with the coaching that you got with the experience that you've had over the years, it kind of all came together as you, you were named a first team all Canadian? Yeah, for sure. You know, it was definitely a really sweet moment to 
to see my name on that list with uh, so many great and um, amazing players uh, from all different conferences, from all the conferences. And so um, um, I was injured in 2019. So being able to see um, my name amongst the very best in the country is was a very humbling to see, very, very humbling for sure. And it just made me even more proud of the guys that uh, I get to play and compete with every day in practice and in the weight room, in the film room. So um, I'm, I'm more proud of my group and the way that we were able to push each other for sure. And when you look at the Vanier, I mean, you guys had a mid-season switch at quarterback going from Jackson to uh, Mr. Hillock, the true freshman. Uh, what was kind of like the mindset with the team whenever you guys made that switch against Laurier? You know, um, we we handed him the keys and um, Jackson is an incredible leader, an incredible guy. And um, I love talking to him and I love socializing with him. And I love just being being boys with him and and all that stuff. Um, I think the truth, the, the change was definitely, um, it definitely changed our football team for sure. It changed our football team. It changed the trajectory of our, our offense and the way we were able to move the ball and put up some more points. It gave us uh, our offense um, a, a little bit more, a little bit more flavor for sure. And um, yeah, Evan is going to be a special guy. And um, I, I would expect for you guys to see him accepting uh, a couple of awards like uh, a couple of guys did this year too. So maybe a heck on his way, a couple more Vanniers, who knows? I mean, no doubt the dude goes out in the Vanier Cup, ice in his veins, and I'm not talking about the weather because that one looked pretty cold, <laughs> but that dude, that dude was cold on the field too, right? He goes out and throws two touchdowns, was a hell of a game. I mean, the dude's a baller, and, and you're right. I totally expect us to you know, be talking a, a whole lot more about Evan Hillock, but I do have a question for yourself. So we were, we were going through the scouting bureau. We saw the fall one come out. We saw the winter one come out what, a week ago now, and you, know, you finished in seventh top 10 you're the number seven player on that board right now what does that mean to you to kind of you know not see your name on the fall scouting bureau list and then you know turn around show out ball out have the season that you have and then the season kind of ends and you're now in the top 10 of that list it's really humbling to see for sure um i just it gives i have to give a lot of credit to the guys i played it i played with alongside me awesome ford miller Obviously, one of the best defensive tackles, if not the best defensive tackle in the country, eating up double teams, eating up triple teams, uh, creating one-on-one -on -one situations for myself and Malcolm Hines and Nick Terrio, who are also uh, very aggressive pass rushers themselves. I feel like we had one of the, the most well-rounded defensive line units in the country, for sure. And um, it goes to, and it definitely showed on Saturdays the way that we were getting after the quarterback and disrupting plays. And uh, it was it was a lot of fun playing with uh, this group this season. The big part of your defense, obviously, Coach Gleason, you heard a lot. I know you didn't hear about it, but in the broadcast, they kept mentioning the Bible, the Bible that you guys got every week from your coordinator. Uh, talk about the preparation process that you've gone through week in, week out with Western and how that's going to translate into you in this draft season and obviously moving up into the professional level where the playbooks are just that much more intense. So um, funny thing is about that is um, I've heard a, a few pro players actually look at our playbooks and then, and actually say like, you guys don't run this stuff. There's no way you guys run this stuff. 
And uh, sure enough, we do. And, um, you know, coming to Western definitely opened, opened my eyes about um, gap control defenses and knowing your assignments and alignments because for other organizations I've had to play for, I've never had to do that. I've never had to study tape, um, study my opponent, know, my, know all my plays, know all my responsibilities and the guys around me. And um, I think Western just prepares you and conditions you so well for the pros because we're already so um, engrossed and educated into um, film study and into um, you know prep work, into taking those team reps. And so um, I feel like wherever I get the opportunity, um, obviously a change of speed is is going to be is going to be imminent. But um, I'm going to stay hunger, stay hungry, stay humble, and uh, be ready to learn. You're talking about prep work and getting ready and staying ready. The next step before, you know, before kind of getting to the next step is to go through the combine. We got combine season coming up. Uh, obviously, we know the physical traits that you have on the field. We've seen it all season long. But I mean, what are you working on now? Like, what are you trying to show scouts? What what haven't we seen out of Deontay Knight yet? Because it's it just feels like you've showed us that you're one of the most dominant linemen at the U sports level. Like, it just feels like, what what is next for you? Um, definitely want to show more of my athleticism for sure. Um, I feel like I can break the forty yard record for D lineman at the CFL Combine this year. So um, <laughs> I'm really I'm really looking forward to that. And um, I've been working on my flexibility a lot recently and um, my strength, obviously. But definitely, I I believe that being athletic is at the utmost importance, especially in um, the pro league as a defensive lineman, because special teams is such a huge factor into um, where your what, what your role is going to be on a team. So, um, being as in shape as possible and as and as athletic as possible has been uh, my goal this offseason for sure. Love to hear the uh, special teams comment. I just spent five minutes before you jumped on ranting to Wade about how important special teams are. So. Gotta say, I love hearing that. Sorry, wait, I cut you off there, though. That's okay. With uh, the flexibility piece, uh, obviously you you had your way with a lot of the tackles in the U Sports season. Uh, your sacks and your TFLs kind of determine that and speak for themselves on that part. But with the flexibility and the bend, are you looking more at the top of your uh, pass rush, like trying to just work the corners more with that? Or are you just saying as like overall and uh, – general aspect to keep yourself in better athletic shape? I think uh, being flexible all around as an athlete, just just even for, just being flexible in general will improve your bend at the top of the rush for sure. And so um, I, I believe every athlete, even O-linemen should uh, prioritize stretching, taking rolling out, taking care of your body because um, the best ability is availability and uh, you can't contribute if you can't go out there and stay healthy, right? So. Um, Definitely a lesson I, I took from heart from 2019 because uh, I was injured for the entire year. I didn't play any football, barely, that is. And then um, in 2020, the season was taken away. So in reality, I only played uh, one full season of U Sports since I've been at Western. And this has been my second full season um, at Western. So um, just taking care of your body would just be, um, is will improve your game in all aspects. So. And you get to take that talent down to Las Vegas. Uh, we talked about it a bit before we started recording, but you're flying on the 27th. Uh, you're the only Canadian player selected into this year's East-West Shrine game. 
Uh, talk to us a bit about, you know, the importance of you kind of wearing the Canadian flag. Like usually there's two guys, three guys, uh, some scattered on both sides of the ball, but you're it this year. You're the only U sports selection. There was uh, a lot of talented players in this country all over. Um, just to name a couple, obviously Trey Ford. He's an unbelievable talent. Um, Noah Zer from Saskatchewan, Zach Fry, um, Brudok from uh, Montreal, the linebacker. He's really, really talented as well. I mean, there's a there's a lot of players in youth sports that deserve uh, NFL opportunities, and um, and Tyson Philpot and Jalen Philpot, obviously too. They deserve um, all the attention that they're getting right now, and um, I just want to go down there and show that we can ball too. We can. You know, we can smack heads too. We can fly to the football too. And um, ultimately, I, I have I have really crazy dreams and aspirations. But um, I want to show them that we could be Hall of Famers too in their league. That's that's my goal. Dreams are made to be achieved, man. So absolutely, all the power to you if you got that. Thank you. I appreciate it a lot, Wade. Thank you. No problem. And uh, with the Shrine game, I mean, you see guys like Carter O'Donnell and Mark Antoine de Croix were there uh, in 2019. Both guys going to camps and Carter O'Donnell's still down in the NFL. So this is a real possibility for you to put your marker out there against some top end talent. Uh, with this game being Allegiant Stadium, I mean, it's going to be the biggest place you've ever played football in, I can assume, right? Like how surreal is that going to be for you? Yeah, it's definitely a life-changing opportunity and um, I'm super excited. My dad is actually a Raiders fan. So for him, <laughs> it's just a huge, huge, um, experience for him as well as much as it is for me and um yeah I'm just super excited obviously it's a it's a massive stage but football is, is football and um I, I love the game with with all my heart and by passion so uh, I know when I go down there um and I take my first couple reps and settle down I know I'm gonna belong there these are kind of the kind of the moments that you love about football right I mean yes at the end of the day you know, you got to work hard and, and put in the work, but you know, you get to, you get to kind of be a fan a little bit for a second. You get to take reps in a Legion stadium. I mean, obviously the goal is to be taking reps in an NFL stadium consistently, but you know, to go down there and see this brand new $3 billion stadium, that's gotta be pretty incredible, man. So that's uh that's an opportunity that we were very happy to see you get. And, you know, we're pulling for your hard. So I don't know, Wade, I think. Uh, oh, I was going to ask him about the field conditions. Uh, oh, at the at the Vanier. Yeah. Well, both multiple times. I mean, the <laughs> Vanier. You guys had the icy field. Um, how is that different, like for you coming off the edge, getting out of your pass rush and out of your stance? I mean, you know the CFL plays just as late as the Vanier usually. So, uh, was that something that you kind of had to adjust to in pregame, or were you able to do that uh, like even before you got some reps? So we've actually been, um, we were practicing on that field, um, taking turns with Sask um, outside time <clears throat> and um, inside time. And so uh, we knew, we knew like the day before, two days before the game, like the field is going to be like that. I mean, if um, if you ever ever had the chance to talk to any of the players, it was just really hard to play football and be athletic on that field, you know? Um, the best way to describe it was like you're staying constantly on your tippy toes the whole time. And so um, I was like tiptoeing around the ice. You got to 
plan your pass rushes. Like you're looking at the turf, you're like, all right, there's a big patch of ice there. So maybe, <laughs> maybe that move wouldn't work out that well. So um, there's a lot, definitely a lot of that going on. But um, I was, I was really happy that, um, you know, we were able to tough it out. Obviously those SAS, those SAS country boys, they're used to that kind of weather. They're used to, you know, playing in the cold, playing in the snow. And um, I was just really happy we could play uh, their game and play better than them at their game than they did at their own. So um, stopping the run was definitely um, at the utmost important for us. And because of the field conditions, we knew that they were gonna have to stay committed to the run. And, um, you know, we held Matt Hart, who's an incredible player to 83 rushing yards. And so um, I think that's what really um, helped us uh, control the like win the game absolutely and then uh to loop back to more field questions i know i'm getting really technical but uh at western you guys play on turf all of ontario schools are on turf uh you guys have had the luxury of practicing there but allegiant is going to be natural grass is there going to be kind of like a feeling out process for you as you get down there in vegas with the shrine game to kind of get your footing on more of a loose ground Um, I, 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 my whole life really, I've been playing on grass and switching from grass to turf or turf to grass. Mm -hmm. And, um, and in my leagues, we actually played four downs football, same with high school. So, um, I'm, I'm say I'm really familiar with playing four down football and, um, I'm really excited to go down there and, and keep doing it again. And I think the, in terms of the turf, I, I think because, um, the quality of their turf is going to be so, so good. Yeah. Um, getting off the ball and getting off um, like that first initial step is going to be, um, is going to be a huge advantage for myself because uh, I feel like with the one yard rule in Canada, it really puts uh, the pass rushers at a, at a disadvantage because it gives uh, the O line time to, um, to get out to their spot a little bit faster for disruption in the backfield so um um i'm, I'm really forward to i'm really looking forward to see how how good my get off is Absolutely. yeah we'll say playing on uh playing on the old queen stadium richardson stadium when it was natural grass was my was my favorite surface ever i i will say grass over turf any day of the week but i mean i was gonna ask you about how excited you were to kind of not have to give that one yard anymore but you, you answered that one for us uh wade i'll throw it to you because my question kind of indirectly got answered uh, when you're looking at learning the new playbook in a condensed time, are you confident that you could be able, like, I know you're still going to have gap control. It's still going to be kind of the same principles, but there's going to be different variations. Uh, with just the week to kind of master it for the game, are you concerned at all about the volume of plays you're going to have, or are you trusting your background with Western and uh, your intelligence? I mean, you sound very intelligent. I don't know your academic record obviously but you do sound like quite a bright person so uh it doesn't sound like it'd be too much of an issue for, for you yeah so um yeah, I, I, it's a all-star game so my my mindset coming in is that um they want to put the best possible athletes on the field and uh that's how americans think they just want to put um their best their biggest dogs on the field and try to out dog their opponents and so um i know that um going into practice, going to those one-on-one periods, that's my biggest interview. That's mm -hmm. where I'm gonna be able to show uh, 
NFL personnel and my coaches that week that um, I could play with these guys and I can compete and I can run and, um, and I can hit. So um, I think I think that although the playbook is 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 at the utmost importance, one on one reps is is still going to be um, I think like where I'm going to um, stand out. Absolutely. Uh, Connor, you got anything left for him? I think that's it. I think that's all the questions that we have for you. I mean, we've taken up a lot of your time here. We do really appreciate you taking the time to, to jump on and talk to us here. You know, we, we understand that, you know, you got a lot going on. You're a busy guy, obviously one of the best talents in the country. So for you to, to join us, we just, uh, we really appreciate your time. Man. And I really appreciate your guys' time um, getting it to me and, uh, and asking me questions. It's uh, been a dream come true, this whole process, you know. Um, when I was a little boy, I always wanted to, you know, talk in front of people or, you know, get interviewed by people, you know. So um, it's definitely a dream come true. It's a very humbling experience. And thank you, Wade, and thank you, Connor, for uh, giving for giving me this gift. So um, thank you, guys. Hey, man. Thank you Any so much, man. Anytime you got anything to say, you're welcome back on. Just shoot us a message and say, hey, I need five minutes. We, we'll make it for <laughs> you. No problem. Okay. Awesome. Awesome, Connor. Thank you, man. Thank you, my man. Thank you so much. Thanks again, man. Good luck down at the Shrine game. We appreciate your time, and uh, we'll be pulling for your heart throughout the rest of the process. Thank you, guys. Take it easy. All right. There it is. Deontay Knight. Great interview. Thanks again to Deontay for jumping on with us. I uh, had a lot of fun with that one. Some great insight from one of the best, if not the best, defensive linemen in the country right now. Good luck to Deontay going down to Vegas for that East-West Shrine game. Uh, for whatever reason, I originally thought it was at UNLV. No, that dude's playing at Allegiant Stadium. Big time. They usually play at like Tropicana Field or whatever it is in Tampa, like where the Rays play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know why I thought UNLV. Maybe just because it was like, maybe just because it was college players. I thought they were just going to have it at the, the college stadium. But hey, that's good. No, nah, they're going to play Allegiant. Vegas has actually become like the mecca for entertainment, period. Yeah, I it, like this may sound like they have the Raiders like they're getting I'm pretty sure like yeah. the Oscars or the Academy Awards are going to be in Vegas this year too like they because even the hockey stadium is super nice. Yeah, like T-Mobile's really nice. nice. It's a good venue. Plus yeah. you get Allegiant if you want a really big venue. Plus you have MGM and Caesars all have their own arenas right inside of them for boxing like you get all these different possibilities and so many corporations Call love me. to go there. Call me insane. I want to do a Vegas trip, but not for the traditional Vegas reasons. I want to do a Vegas trip because I want to go see T-Mobile. I want to go see the Raiders play. I want to go see a game at UNLV, whether that's basketball. You want or to gamble at Caesar's Sportsbook. I don't. I don't even care about that. You want I, to gamble with the sports book. <laughs> I, I you can't hide it. <laughs> no, I I let me let me tell you, I just started getting like paid like an adult. I like it. I don't want to go spend my money at a casino. <laughs> Uh, I spent 20 bucks at Caesars. Like I just threw like 20 bucks on it. If you're there, you got it. There. Yeah. Just to, I, I kept like the, the ticket receipt yeah. just to have it. Um, but yeah, no, uh, thank you so much to Deontay Knight. Absolute pleasure to talk to him and meet him. We'll definitely be trying to have him on again before the draft or possibly afterwards, depending on how high up in the, the CFL draft or NFL draft he goes, uh, he might be a little preoccupied, but, uh, Hey, could we see like a POL situation where we get like a uh, somebody doesn't want to take a draft draft choice on him, but he gets a UDFA and he sticks? Haven't seen oh, POL that come happened, back either. Okay, that happened with Carter O'Donnell too. They didn't yeah. t 
take him in the later rounds, but they paid him like they did, or they paid him like equivalent to it. So I don't know. There's a lot of money that could be made in UDFAs. Um, but I certainly think that if he shows out at the Shrine game, he could he could probably sneak into like the fifth or sixth round. Yeah. Um, the like, size, think, the skill, like the skill yeah. set alone is the size and the skill set alone. He could he could go way higher than that. But uh, like coming from Canadian school, people will probably just kind of keep him in later rounds. But I mean, to be a fifth round pick, I mean, hey, Dak Prescott was a fifth round pick. He's starting quarterback. I mean, look at a ton of the like half the leagues undrafted. So. Uh, just because you get taken somewhere doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It's a chance. So certainly hope that he gets that chance. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. You can tell it's draft season. We're rambling on like our name is John Bonham. We're going to close this one out. Man. If you want to go and get some tech from the worldwide leader in whistle tech, head over to fox40shop.com. Enter the code CFP15. Coaching boards, merch, whistles. It's all there. CFP 15 for 15% off all your whistle needs at fox40shop.com. That's it. We're out. It's over. We will catch you guys next week. Uh, we, we, will be, we will be back talking more draft stuff, more news, tons of CFL news going around. Always Shaq stuff. Evans. Man, Shaq Evans is back. Shaq Evans is back. Kyra Moore is yeah. getting paid. Brian Burnham's getting paid. Let's go. Love to see it. At CF Perspective at Wade Zank, at Connor R. O'Neill. Have a great week. We will talk to you guys soon.